Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm from Mexico City. And I'm Fraser, and I'm from London. Welcome to the Avocado Social Club, a podcast where we talk about things that come up in our everyday conversations, from politics to popular culture. So, as you may have noticed, we have changed our name. It used to be The Distance Diaries. It is now the Avocado Social Club. We hope you like it. We like it. We like it. We've been thinking about a name change for quite a while, partly because we were obviously previously a long-distance couple and we're now not. So we've closed the distance and we obviously made an episode about that. Yeah. And also we want to do a lot of new things with the podcast and we feel like this name and the theme of talking about things from the perspective of people in your 20s, in the 2020s, this name, the Avocado Social Club, just fits fits and feels right and is what we want to take forward. So thank you for being with us in the new Distance Diaries, the Avocado Social Club. Yeah, so let's jump in now. What have we been up to in the last, in the last couple of weeks? So most recently, we went to a gig, which was Wonder, who are Anthony and Josephine, a couple from London. Yeah. Um, who, yeah, we've been listening to them for a long time. They've now released three albums. Yeah. Which is really cool for them. And yeah, they played Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah, which was such a cool venue. It was small and... Yeah, it was. It sort of feels like a lifetime ago now. This was last Monday. Uh, definitely wouldn't happen today. <laughs> definitely would have been cancelled. Uh, also, Dizzy opened for them. We- yeah, so they're Canadian. We really like watching them. Dizzy. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, they were really, really good. So we did that. We also went to the Junction in Brixton, which is a pub. Uh, yeah, it's a pub. And we went on a Saturday night, yeah. I think it was. And they had live quite chilled jazz music so that was that was good it's not really that near Brixton it's kind of a mile away from Brixton yeah you have to kind of walk a mile I mean literally one mile not miles away but um um and then also I also went to Brixton village um because a friend was here and she was staying in Brixton so we kind of did things around there but of course it feels a bit strange to be recommending all these things amongst what is happening right now yeah, who knows, will we be able to recommend anything next week or the week after? Because... We might just be in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, the last few days has, obviously, when you're listening to this, you might even be listening to it on an enforced working from home day. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've kind of just been seeing a lot of the inside of the house, even though we're not, um, at this point, we've not officially been told that we can't leave the house. It's more just, we're obviously spending a lot of time here at the moment. And uh, yeah, we'll see see how that goes yeah um and actually on that next theme you know we've obviously watched a few films and some tv recently but yeah if you have any recommendations of things that we should be watching on netflix or amazon or just on tv in general then let us know because we're all going to be doing quite a lot of that yeah we also take recommendations from channel four BBC and ITV, (laughs) as long as they're on their uh, (laughs) online players, we can do all of that. Yeah, so we watched, recently watched Knives Out, which came out last year. Uh, Was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. Obviously an all-star cast, Daniel Craig, who else is in it? Anna de Armas, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, all those people. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun good to fun. watch, which is what it set out to do. It set out to be a fun film. So 
did that. We watched a bit of an older one yesterday. We watched Rush. Which is about the story of James Hunt and Nicky Lauda in Formula yeah. One in the 1970s. I had watched it ages ago on a plane, so I was kind of keen to watch it again. Yeah, I'd seen it at home a while ago. So <laughs> That's it was not good. bad. No, it was good to watch it again. Um, yeah, we'll come at you with a lot more film on TV next week, I'm Probably. sure. So we'll leave it at that for now. And new music. Lots of things have come out, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but then... One of the highlights was the new Circa Waves released the second part of their double album mm-hmm. called Sad Happy. The first side called Happy came out a little while ago, like a few months ago, maybe yeah. two months ago. And then Sad, which is sort of the second seven tracks of the 14-track album. And yeah, they've done this cool campaign with posters all around big cities with kind of a clown that looks sad face. I kind and of, I can, constantly think it's an N10 to 5 because of a video they did, but it's not. It's, it's not, close. yeah. And it's, um, yeah, they've, taken, they've sort of posted all these posters in lots of places. Yeah. And yeah, they're really, really good. I think my favourite track is Call Your Name from the first side. But yeah, both really good. I mean, it's not that different. If you've liked any of their music, Circle Waves in the yeah. past, then, you know, you'll like this album, but definitely a good one to listen to for me during the day mm-hmm. and another band who are releasing music really really slowly it feels like over the last 12 months they've just been really slowly releasing songs is Haim yeah the album comes out April 24th I think oh uh, yeah so yeah. it's coming coming soon yeah um, but yeah they released a new song called The Steps it's really good yeah I like it I feel like I haven't liked their music quite as much as their first two albums this music this the, the steps really reminds me of their first album okay. though. yeah no i think it's good i think it's good i think i really like the song summer girl as well from yeah. last year um but yeah we'll be keeping an eye out for that one next month i'm well. the coolest <laughs> uh yeah also and there's a bit of a plug for me but if you do follow me on instagram at underscore natalia <laughs> i post on fridays my favorite releases of the week so that's quite a good one if you like music. yeah and also a lot of the songs that you post are less common recommendations yeah yeah we know because so, i only know that either the one song from the artist and things like that i don't recommend the artist as a whole because i should probably listen to the artist but mm-hmm. i just recommend like the songs that i listen to that i really enjoyed that came out that yeah. week so and all of those have been songs that i added to my playlist on spotify so i do generally like them <laughs> not just flagging random yeah stuff. exactly and in terms of books, I I should I should have more on this. I feel given we've been stuck at home for well, not stuck at home, but we have been staying spending home a bit of time at home for a while. But I read The Heavens by Sandra Newman, which is it's an interesting concept of a book. So it's about a woman called Kate uh, who meets a man called Ben at a party, and she's quite eclectic and weird, but they fall in love, and then you start seeing that she has these dreams where she is a woman called Amelia during the Black Plague in London. And she starts to realise that she can make decisions in these dreams that change her current life. So she's basically mm. travelling to the past in her dreams. And the the decisions that she takes change her and Ben's life. And it's mm. so... Yeah, it's really... Um, interesting. It's got a bit of a time travel mystery. Yeah, exactly. But it's quite the way it's written is quite artsy. It's not very commercial. It's okay. quite yeah. It's really easy to follow when you're reading the contemporary, and then when you're reading the past, it it gets a bit 
more convoluted because it's dreams. So it's, it's really interesting. I really enjoyed it. And then I, I am currently reading Girl, Woman, Other by Bernardine Aberystwyth, which obviously won the Man Booker Prize. Oh, no, now it's just a Booker Prize. And it's currently on the long list for the Women's Prize. So I'm really enjoying that. It's kind of, it's the stories of 12 different women. And some of them are connected. And just, it's very, in what it tries to do, is very, very successful. And I'm... I'm really enjoying it so far. I haven't finished it, but yeah. So now on to our main topic for today, which is all about the women's strike and march in Mexico that took place on the 8th and 9th of March yeah. uh, this year. Uh, a lot of context to it, a lot of history to it, and also a huge cultural event in Mexico. It feels weird because... There's obviously a lot of other events that are happening worldwide, but this one, at least in Mexico... Was big. Probably one of the biggest things that's going to happen this year Yeah. in Mexico. Yeah, so we're surprisingly not talking about coronavirus because we don't really want to do that. <laughs> uh, we're talking about this because it's something that is very important to me and it's also very important for people to know, I feel, because yeah. it's just it's something that shouldn't be happening and it's important to shine a light to it. And it's been now shone over by by coronavirus, so we want to bring it back up and talk about it. So what 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 is happening in Mexico in terms of women? I'm going to give... Sorry, this is going to be a lot of my voice, <laughs> but I'm just going to give a context as to what has brought everything that's happened about and what's going on. So there's an average of 10 women that get killed every day in Mexico, specifically from a crime called feminicide which means a woman being murdered by a man in a gender-related crime, such as violence from a partner, sexual assaults, etc. Uh, so that's 10 a day, which is quite a lot. Yeah. Mexico does not trust authorities. Um, people believe them to be mostly corrupt. Justice is not something that is seen as being important to authorities in Mexico. We think that they don't really want to catch criminals unless it's a show of power. So women's murders don't really matter, especially in a country that is historically very, very misogynistic. That means that less of 5% of these cases ever get resolved at all. And normally they are at first ruled as suicides and then the victim is blamed in public court, meaning they never catch a killer and they mm. think it doesn't matter. So there were two cases in 2019 and two in 2020 that became the last straw for women in Mexico. I will mention them now and give a bit of context, but I... I will give a warning that they include sexual violence against minors. So if you want to skip, feel free to do that. So in 2019, a 17-year-old was raped by four policemen in their patrol when they told her they would drive her home so she wouldn't have to walk by herself. And then also in 2019, a 16-year-old girl was raped in a museum by the police guard. Then skipping to 2020, 25-year-old Ingrid Escamilla was murdered by her partner in their home. Then a newspaper published a photo of the gruesome crime scene and body. And later in the year, seven-year-old Fatima was kidnapped by a woman who said her husband wanted a young girlfriend. They killed her and found police found her body. So in 2019, the, the two first events caused a protest that included painting on national monuments and throwing glitter at officers. It was all about how the police doesn't protect us because it was 
uh, police-driven sexual abuse and murder. Uh, so everything, that throwing the glitter and painting the monuments was, was described as provocation by local government and women were condemned for it, leading to the phrase, I wish I was a monument so you would care about me. Because most of the news about the protests were about how violent women were being against national monuments. Yeah. And then the two cases in 2020, all women became tired after that. After the Ingrid and Fatima cases, the president said feminicides are because of neoliberalism and then exacerbated how little he cares by saying he didn't want these murders to overshadow the raffle he's doing for the presidential plane. I know. If anyone has more questions about that, you can ask me, but that's not what this book is about. So we get to the 8th of March, which is International Women's Day. March is all over the world, and women went and marched in Mexico in historic numbers. Monuments were painted, but that wasn't the main topic now. The main topic became the sorority and the safety they felt when marching along, surrounded by women who care. So I we are now going to play some clips that we've had from women about their experience in the in the march so here you go the amount of people there was impressive it was near well it was close to 100,000 people i mean it was uh emotionally breathtaking to see a group that big of people of women together i saw from girls uh, breaking windows to girls that were singing songs about peace and then even though the march or the protest was peaceful in itself and in general the energy you could feel was that of a really really angry group of group of people because it's, it's attacking our own identity basically so i wasn't planning on going in the first place because i didn't feel safe i was afraid i was afraid something funky would happen that the police will just release uh something against us or people against us. I decided at the last moment, all of a sudden, to go and march. I think I wanted to cry so many times, not only because of the movement that represents feminism in Mexico, but also because of the amount of people, the amount of women and girls that went outside, that went out on the streets protesting and asking for equal rights. When we were chanting, you could actually tell it was like actual screams for asking to be respected and to have human rights, basically. The energy and the strength about uh, around these women, it was incredible. If girls or women are breaking windows, it's because we're tired. Women are getting killed in Mexico for the single fact that are women. After so many months of feeling unsafe, of walking alone, that something would happen to me, for the first time in months, in weeks, and maybe a year, I felt safe, I felt protected, and I I felt among friends, and it was amazing. It's important to talk about this, to... For the media to talk about this, for the people in other countries to talk about this, because we're really tired and we need your help. There has to be a mark that something happened here and people have to listen. Yeah, so that was our listeners and friends and my sister. Uh, Thank you, Amaya, Sarah and Michelle for 
sending over the audio of your experience. And on the 9th, women went on strike. It became known as Un Día Sin Nosotros, a day without us. So women stayed home from work. They didn't shop online. They didn't engage in any online activity. They didn't go out to the shops. They all stayed home to simulate what a world without them would be like. It's kind of like saying, if you don't care about the, about us, we'll continue to disappear. And is what it would look like. If you don't care to keep us alive, this is what you would have. Yeah, and this was also kind of mirrored by an online, a little bit of an online blackout as yeah, well. Yeah, no, on one, the was, day. no so, one was on social media. On yeah, so people also took, took a break from social media. They put their profile pictures with kind of purple... Mm color blocks or purple filters yeah. um, which was interesting and actually i don't know if was this deliberate but it sort of mirrored the colors on the march yeah or so was that, was that, no it's not no. deliberate so purple is the color of women okay. like that is an international symbol yeah what happened is that in mexico during springtime we have this trees called jacarandas yeah. which are purple and when you look at the aerial shots of the strike they blend in with the flowers which is a it's beautiful symbolism and Valeria Luiselli, who's an, an author that I have actually recommended here before, she said something really beautiful, which was um, 8th of March, the day Hagrandas were resignificated um, because women became these flowers. So that it looked really beautiful, basically. Yeah, it did. And I think kind of on that theme, that was interesting that it was sort of women of all ages were involved in the the movement I guess yeah. in the sense that it's something that's been so kind of big for such a long time that it's like finally coming to the surface mm-hmm. in a way and I feel like being seeing people of our generation being a part of it as well like really brought it home I yeah guess. it just it, it it meant so much and there were there are some beautiful images of the march on the 8th where it was a lot of women police officers being there as riot police just in case of anything or any of that. And a lot of them were women. And there's all these images of them hugging the protesters because they're kind of thinking, I, I, I'm, here, I'm here with you. If I could be marching and not working, I'd be doing that. So mm. it was just like a very beautiful thing to see. And I cried a couple of times during this whole thing. And I was so proud of everyone in Mexico doing this the the strike so the day without women part of the reason why i want wanted to explain why it came about is because it's not something that would have the same meaning if it was done all over the world and obviously uh there's a lot of gender violence all over the world but the the gender violence in mexico is is insane and it's you can't really compare it to a lot of other countries that are asking for tax cuts on period products we're asking for people not to killers in mexico Mm. so it just that's the significance of it and that's why it was so important to for women not to go out on the streets that day because it's almost what is being shown as what authorities want to see yeah so a lot has come from that which is what we're going to talk about now there was a loss of over a billion pounds on that day yes estimated to have an economic impact of over a billion pounds and also i think it just had like an actual i guess instance of cultural impact in the sense that for example there weren't sort of ticket sellers in mexico city 
subway stations and people mm. just kind of went on the metro for free obviously there weren't as many women on it full stop yeah but like just the fact that people are kind of seeing like what if we weren't there yeah in their day-to-day lives probably is almost ahead of the economic impact yeah exactly what, what yeah. is is most interesting to sort of the average person yeah there's a lot of photos on the new york Times online just of what it looked like and mm. things like obviously men weren't allowed to skip work and, and things like that which was a huge thing a lot of companies did come forward and said we're not discounting this day for women if you mm. if you miss this day we'll we'll pay you for the day anyway and you could just in the metro that most of the tickets selling because in mexico you still buy your ticket from a, a physical person and most of these places were shot because they're mostly run by by women. Yeah. There's photos of men taking class alone because their teacher, who is a woman, wasn't there. Um, just all of these things that are quite striking to see. No yeah. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and a lot has come from that. So universities started doing things like putting a wall up with names and stories of men who have sexually assaulted them. So, yeah, I have a question about this. You, yeah. You're closer to it than, than me, obviously, um, in terms of what's actually happening. Yeah. Was it basically groups of students would sort of go on campus and say, right, this wall is basically the wall? And effectively, it was sort of organic and the universities just, like, couldn't stop it, basically. Yeah, so technically, the universities can't stop it, and one university did. They mm. took down the papers in the wall. Yeah. Uh, but then other universities, such as mine, they came out with a statement saying they weren't going to take it down because it's a part of something they believe in. So mm. they could technically take it down, but it wasn't, it wasn't organised with the universities. Yeah, it was, basically it was... Move, just it was movement by students, the students, yeah. yeah. And there are there was a group of women specifically that organized it and they were kind of in charge of it. So if, if for example, authorities could say, it's fine if you have it, but don't just put names. You have to put a story with it because there's less likelihood of just posting random names. Yeah. So the, the women who organized it took down the names only and asked women to put stories up, like all of that. And it just, the size of these walls was so big with just names of... It was almost like, it's like a it's, physical meeting. Right, yeah, there's that. And then there's also the fact that because of that, as a result, like, everyone knows someone on the wall. Yeah. Like, in, directly, indirectly, whatever. But the scale of... Yeah, I mean, university campuses are always quick to kind of adopt these mm. things, but it's still pretty... Um, pretty interesting to see that yeah and it, I, I think it did open the eyes of a lot of men it's because a lot most women understand the issue but a lot of men that just thought oh funny how now you've all been sexually assaulted and it's like well yeah that's the point that's what is a problem and once you put the names of their friend up they're like oh we also know, all know someone who sexually assaulted mm. someone and it makes more sense now that all women have been sexually assaulted because so many mm. men do it they just don't say it obviously yeah and also a lot of men saying i didn't i because this was not just about rape it was generally sexual assault toxic relationships where the woman was manipulated and felt unsafe and a lot of men came out to say i'm in the wall 
And I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that I was doing that. And I didn't do it on purpose, but I clearly need to change. It was to open people's eyes of just how common it is. And some names were on the wall more than once. Um, yeah, it's just, it's almost like having a physical hashtag me too. Yeah. I think that's what it was like. Yeah. And obviously Mexico was a bit late to that. Uh, when Me Too happened, Mexico tried to to do it. Yeah. And it kind of didn't work out. And people okay. blamed the woman quite a lot. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. And should we talk a little bit about what or what this could change or what the, the hope is going yeah. forward? Because one of the most unfortunate things, at least in, in reading the report, the English language reporting is that it seems that uh, AMLO, uh, the president, is is not, I don't want to say in denial, but he doesn't want it to... He's not sort of full-scale denying it's happening and people in his party have indicated that they're kind of aware of, of the situation. Mm. But what I'm saying is, I guess, is the government or is there anyone who's kind of, apart from sort of culturally been impacted, is there anyone who's been like specifically impacted yeah so the mexico city governor claudia sheinbaum she was she was one of the ones who condemned last on in 2019 condemned the painting of the monuments and all that and it it was a huge it was huge backlash against her because she's a woman yeah um and so what she's done now because of the pressure is she has created and yes this 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 did not exist in mexico before she has created a list of um sex like sexual abusers basically which is something that is very common in the United States where you have um a list of men who have been accused of sexual abuse um is that is that is that a thing yeah really yeah yeah wow uh it has a specific name that I've forgotten which is really bad but anyway she's created this and it was going to be private and just kept by the government, but women thought that wasn't enough because the government already keeps record of who's been accused anyway mm. because they're they're accused in the court of law to in order to be able to be in this list. So it has now been declared that it's going to be a public register. Uh, so that's something that changed from this March. Uh, both things happened uh, from this. Uh, and in terms of AMLO, I don't really know because AMLO is a president again. Um, so... After the march, obviously it got so much media attention. All all media was there. All newspapers were reporting on it, headlines yeah. the next day. And, you know, you've got Los Angeles Times, New York Times, The Guardian. Uh, internationally, it, it caught media attention. And he was mm. quite upset about that. And he said that um, he's done a lot of marches. And because he's, he said, well, he was opposition for a Yeah, long, and he long was time. a big activist. And he was a big activist. And he said that he'd never got that much attention. So this was obviously a ploy by the other parties. Yeah, and that it's, you know, some people who were protesting, quote, wanted our administration to fail. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. It's just not the truth. But it's not the right, <laughs> it's also the wrong message yeah. to be putting out there at this time, even if you don't want to support or uh, mm. even if you don't want to for- be forced into any action, there's still maybe kind of a way to respect the protest. And to respect more. what's happening. I, yeah, I think that something that's happened 
as well is that now being a feminist is in fashion in Mexico, which is really cool. It's awesome. But what what has happened is that the governments who are in opposition now, they've now come out to say that they're feminists. And it's like, well, you didn't really do anything when you were in government. Right. Like, you didn't really care when you were in government. You care now. And that is something that angered the president quite a lot. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be in the movement because of that. Because yeah. it's not one does not negate, negate the other. And he seems to think that it's all a ploy against his government. But it's not. It is true that in 2019, deaths went up to 10 a day. Mm. Uh, female murders went up to 10 a day, which is insane. It's so much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, I don't know specifically what's going to happen in terms of law. Something has already changed in Mexico City uh, from this. Yeah. So that's a great thing. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of what's expected. And but people understand, the women in the movement also understand that those changes in law aren't going to happen without the pressure of the culture. And you need to change the culture, which was a lot of what this was about. Yeah, and I think just that is definitely what it appears to represent. Mm. Yeah, and it's kind of, there's a lot of, if you read, I'll link, we'll link some articles on the show notes in English for people to read. And something there's a lot of quotes from women that took part in the strike which are just it shows why they did it paula leon garcia who's the director of uh one of the branches of bancomer which is a massive bank um she just said without us all of this collapses because women are 40 percent of the workforce in mexico and quite important so (laughs) that was what it so that is why it is important that there was a one billion what would you, what do you say loss or like one billion estimated impact, impact. Yeah. yeah that's what is important because it's to show that women matter and mm. women's lives are important and we need to care about the fact that they're being murdered every single day in gender related crimes i think cool. that's that's all i have to say yeah so that's it for this week's episode mm. of the avocado social club yeah if you have any any questions on this topic, anything you you want answered, any do message us and maybe on this topic specifically me because I will be able to answer a lot. But do mm. them do, if you want us to add things and do message. Yeah, us. or any other topic that you'd like us to look yeah. into. The email address is the distance diaries podcast at gmail dot com to be updated. <laughs> yeah, that will change soon. And I am at underscore Natalia Alvin on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Fraser D. Bell. Thank you so much for listening. And we will hopefully speak to you soon with lots of exciting, exciting things that we've done, possibly from the comfort of uh, the flat. (laughs) Yeah, be safe, stay safe, stay home, guys. And flatten the curve. Bye. Bye.